remembering that while the mind is knowing something moment by moment, we're not always aware of it. And what we're doing in this practice is developing the ability to remember, to recognize the present moment's experience. So it's really remembering that is the operant uh, factor of mind here. And in fact, that is the manifestation of mindfulness. Mindfulness manifests as remembering. So over the course of the retreat, we've offered you the right view or the skillful way of understanding experience. We've offered you a recognition of the wholesome, skillful qualities of mind that appear or arise with awareness. We've offered you guidance in recognizing and working with the torments of the mind. And with these instructions and information you've been practicing for a week now. <clears throat> Gradually, almost imperceptibly, the momentum of remembering and the clarity of awareness grows. And sometimes it's good to just confirm this for yourself. And one way to do that is to take a period of time during the sitting where you just sit without any internalized instruction or guidance or reminders, remembering, and just, just sit and see how long it takes before awareness grabs your attention and reminds you that you're present. We know that sometimes we forget or we get spaced out or we get lost in a train of thought and eventually it might be a few seconds, it might be a minute or more. Eventually, we find ourselves back in the present moment. At some point, we remember, we recognize, or we could say awareness finds us. We may have been wandering, but awareness finds us and invites us back to the present moment to recognize it. So we don't have to wait until we wander off and get lost in order to see that awareness will remember us. But rather, we can just relax. Relax and trust. Trust that all your efforts over the past week or so have not been useless, have not been ineffective, but in fact, there is a momentum to remembering and to awareness. And sometimes when we just allow the present moment to unfold without a big agenda to even be aware, we see how effortlessly awareness can happen and it can be recognized. It's not sufficient, of course, but just to get that glimpse, then we can begin to really trust that all of our efforts, all of our understanding, actually does turn the mind towards more awareness. This is a powerful confirmation of the plasticity of the mind where we can see that indeed we can change the habit patterns of the mind, even in one week of making this kind of effort. And then we know that throughout the rest of our life, to the extent that we are interested and we aspire to be more aware and to cultivate more understanding,
it will happen. It's not a matter of whether I can do it or not, or you can do it or not. The mind becomes aware and grows in understanding due to causes and conditions. And if we work with those conditions, our own understanding, our own intention, our own aspiration, then surely the law of cause and effect will not fail us. And we'll see for ourselves that awareness grows along with understanding. And this all helps us to do better in life. So just do the best you can without struggling and without expectation. Trust. Take refuge in the Dharma, what you've heard and what you experience. Let the wisdom unfold naturally.
So, how's it going? Welcome. Thank you for your practice. Only one way to find out. Um, you know, the, the comment was, um, even though she tries to relax and she does get, you know, 99% relaxed, there's, there's always this little, this little place holding in the body, the mind, that's just kind of like, eh, what if? Yeah. And the thought is, what if I, you know, if I really completely relax, jeez. You don't. You just don't know what's going to come in, or what's going to come out, and it's you know it's kind of like it's, 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 and I said, well, only one way to find out is let go. <laughs> You're right. There's. I think the way I would respond to that is just that there's layers of holding in the mind and while we can intentionally let go of some of that holding we can just kind of let go of you know some kind of daily chatter preoccupations and whatnot and and can relatively relax into the body and into the mind and just be here we do notice subtler levels levels layers subtle tensions in the body that reflective of some kind of ongoing holding in the mind. And we can't, we can't reach those layers of holding in the mind uh, by force. We can only relax, pay attention, get glimpses, eventually come to understand more of what that holding's all about, uh, and then work with the tension, the holding in the body and the mind, and the, the narrative, the stories that seem to be holding it in place. Uh, Sayadaw talks about, and I think we might have mentioned it yesterday in the question and answers, that there are subtler layers of assumption, belief, mental habits that are quite obscure to us in our everyday moving about making decisions in the world and those assumptions about life those um, beliefs that we don't even know we have it takes it takes a um, it takes a very continuous awareness that is allowing and understanding to let them come into view. And when they do, then you, can, then you can work with them. Then you can identify them. And then you can just ref- remember to be with them, not to buy into them. You know, then we do the, the usual uh, awareness and working with that level of torment uh, in the mind. I have this understanding that the, the more momentum there is to awareness, the more continuous your mindfulness and awareness, the subtler the torments. And so the better you get at this, the subtler stuff you're going to see. And 
there's no end, as the Buddha said, there's no end to how aware or collected the mind can become. So there's stuff yet to be seen. But just work with it at the level that you experience it. If you experience something in the body, you know, some kind of holding, fine, work with it just as sensation. If you're experiencing some tension in the mind, just without having an agenda to fix it, get rid of it, figure it out, just allow it to be there and keep an eye on it. Eventually it'll come into view and you can, then you can see what it is. Um, when uh, so the comment is about the glaciers being visitors to the mind, and does that mean that they come from outside rather than inside? Um, I think it's maybe confusing to think that the glaciers come from outside. Glaciers are appearances in the mind. They say there are two places that glaciers reside. They reside in the object because some objects, uh, we've taken them in through our sense doors and they're in here and we have this idea about this person or this idea about this thing or this idea about this experience. And so it's already inside the mind in with wrong understanding. And so it's there and anytime it comes up in the mind as a memory or a thought, then it comes up with all the wrong understandings already built in. You still have to look at it from the visitor's point of view that it's just momentarily arising now to be seen, to be aware of, to be worked with. So we could say that in that case, the klesha is within the object that's already in the mind as a concept. Okay. But there's other kleshas that lie latent in the mind. The potential to react with aversion or fear or jealousy or whatever, whatever torment it is, that potential is in the mind. Not that there's a particular scenario yet that has provoked it but when something happens in our experience and we take in a sense object in contemporary time a sight a sound a thought a feeling whatever then that potential klesa the conditions are ripe for it to sprout it's like a seed that lies dormant in the mind and when there's the fertilizer, the soil, the sun, and the water, all in the right combination, that seed will sprout. And so, while it lies dormant in the mind, and there's a fair amount of mindfulness that kind of keeps it from just sprouting randomly, there can be the situations in the world, in our life, where the right person at the right time, at the right place, with your right or wrong uh, mindfulness, awareness, and poof, it sprouts just like that. And then you got to deal with it. We would say that klesa lies dormant in the mind. It's only waiting for an object, something to provoke it or to provide the final ingredient for it to ripen into a sprout. So that's how they're understood. Klesas that are already in the mind in the form of objects we've taken in with wrong view and the potential that lies in the mind waiting for an object, a contemporary sense object to provide the final ingredient for its sprouting, generally. Yeah. 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 And earlier in the afternoon you said, Oh, another meal. 
The, the what? The pattern of the day. Yeah, routine. Yes. Yes. Okay, so uh, last night I talked about being at uh, practicing at Shui Umin Center with uh, Shui Umin. I went into a room, a long, narrow room, and I just practiced in there. And then when I wanted to get a little relief from my own mind, I went to the door to, thinking I was going to go out and walk around. And when I opened the door, I was reminded that, oh yeah, just keep practicing, just keep practicing. He didn't say, don't come out. He just said, just keep practicing, you know. And that happened a couple times. So when we return home and we fit into the routine of our life, the little box, you know, that's five feet wide, 60 feet long, and you walk back and forth, going to work, going to home, going to social, going to this, going to the bathroom, going to, going to grocery shopping, going to the bank, going to the, you're in a room, you're in a box. And when you want to get out of that routine, who's to remind you? That's the question? I, I, I think it's rather, other than a kalesa, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest that the kalesa is going to remind you what he reminded me of. But I think that, you know, to the, to the extent that when you're here and you get a glimpse of what's really of value to you, you get a glimpse of your faith in the Buddha, the Dharma and the Sangha, for example, or you really, you really get a clear perception of the difference between awareness and not awareness, or basically wisdom. Some form of faith or wisdom is what is going, is going to sprout. And it's going to, it's going to offer you an alternative view of your routine. You know, I mean, the, we fit into the routine and we have a certain view of it as this is my life, <laughs> trudging along. And that's just one view. Or you can have a very different view of the same activity if you remember what's really a value, what, what you've seen in the depth of your own heart and mind. And it can be in the form of an aspiration. You know, you really want to, you know, you really recognize that your life is aimed towards and to the extent that you can devote your life to and assign energy to awakening. And what is going to remind you of that can be anything. It can be just extraordinary suffering. It can be as the Bodhisattva was reminded, saw a, a monk, saw a renunciate. Or as, who's that king in India? Ashoka. Ashoka. King Ashoka, you know, big warring king. And one day after a battle, he just kind of looked out on the battlefield and saw all these hundreds or you know, thousands of men and animals that were just slaughtered just because he had the idea to have a war. And he just was so stricken by what he'd done, turned his life around and became really the most, one of the most famous Buddhist rulers since the time of the Buddha and just turned his whole kingdom into a Buddhist, a Buddha land, if you will. So, I mean, what's it going to take? I don't know. Maybe extraordinary suffering in your own life is going to break the routine. Or maybe you'll just get this glimpse of, like, the endlessness of the way you're living your life. There's a quote by Dilgo Kinsey Rinpoche talking about renunciation. And this is a paraphrase. I don't have it with me. But he says, you know, renunciation is the, the heartfelt wish to really free yourself from the, you know, the torments of your life. But not only that, it's really to free yourself from the endless quest for approval, profit, status, stuff, you know, becoming. And it's like, we've been on this treadmill for lifetimes. 
at some point, you get it. It's like, what am I doing this for? And you don't have to think about what to do. You get off the treadmill. Yeah, you've got to make some adjustments, and you've got to close out your bank account, and you know, you've got to kind of simplify, and whatever it is you do, but you can get reminded of that. I don't know what's going to work for each one of us at different times, but for sure, having been here and seeing your mind as you've seen it this week, there are some seeds being planted deep within the crevices of your mind that are going to sprout when the time is ripe. Trust that. comment is about, you know, even in the midst of just kind of calm, clear, peaceful sitting or at a time when the mind is like that, something can just kind of plop into the mind like a meteor from outer space and it may be comprehensible or it may just be an amalgam of all kinds of images and who knows what, but the mind starts churning around it and you know, in your case, comes up with anxiety, kind of gets kind of a little fretful and anxious, and and while being with that, initially is quite that's that's what you got to do. You got to recognize it. Sometimes it just seems to get stronger, right? More anxiety. As long as you can recognize, oh, this is anxiety, and you can begin to track some of the threads of the anxiety. Uh, that's fine. You know, it's, anxiety sometimes is like a Jackson Pollock painting. You know, it's big. It takes up the whole room, and it's a mess. You know, it's like you look at it and you go, well, what, what is this all about? It's just kind of splashes and strings and splots and colors and this and that. And you just look at it and say, this is a... <laughs> you know, but if you stand there long enough and you just keep looking, you know, and you just kind of feel what's going on, eventually you start piecing it together. You know, maybe you just look at all the yellows for a while, then you look at all the blues for a while, then you look at all the strings, then you look at all the dots, and then you look at the drips. Okay, you know, you, you do anything to kind of get a handle on it. And eventually something clicks, and you're just kind of like, oh, okay. All right, you, you just feel more at ease with it. As long as you can keep doing that with this anxiety, fine. If it feels overwhelming and you just you you can't stay it, you you just got to think about it. You just got to you just got to get out. You got to you got to go sit and write it down. You got to go talk, call somebody, and figure out if that's what's really happening. And blah blah blah. blah. Then I would say you're overwhelmed. You know, you're overwhelmed. The the anxiety is more overwhelming than the awareness. Then, you know, open your eyes, get up, go for a walk. You know, go sit by a tree, lean against a tree, gaze at the, gaze at the clouds. Uh, you know, just Distract yourself mindfully, meaning do something intentionally, but pay attention. Drinking a cup of tea, really pay attention to that. Looking at the flowers, just really know that you're looking at the flowers. So you're just giving your mind a break. You're giving your mind a kind of a, a pleasant break from dealing with what's overwhelming that can't be with. So you're still sustaining the continuity of awareness, but you're not just, you're not just being anxious. What, what I heard you ask is, when do I get in there and just start thinking about this stuff? That would just be being anxious. And it's, it, it, you know, it's not going to really... We think that we can think it out. But we can't. <laughs> That's why we're anxious about it. Because you can't think it out. If you could think it out, think it out, think it through, you would have done that. 
but it's more the calmness of the mind or the, the withdrawing your energy from it that's going to provide more of a basis in the mind, a stability in the mind to look at it a different way. It's anxiety produ- producing because of the way you're looking at it. So if you can reorient your mind by doing something else for a while, and then you take a look at it again, you go, oh, so obvious, of course, I'll just do that. But if you just kind of stay in there, jump in the pot and cook, you get really anxious without awareness that anxiety is being experienced. Today is Monday. What? (laughs) Put that in your calculator. Um, it's the last day of groups. Tomorrow there'll be a different schedule and there'll be some other other things going on. We'll give you the schedule later in the day today. But for some of you, you know, you begin to think, okay, I've had my last day group interview or I'm going to have it today and the retreat's almost over. I might as well relax. Well, yeah, relax, but the retreat's not over. There's 48 hours, Tuesday, Wednesday, 24, 48 48 hours of your best awareness yet to be experienced. You've worked hard for this month, this this week, to get this momentum going. Don't just blow it off now. This is this is the time to really not to not to get tight about it, but just to kind of keep stay in there and see what is coming up and how you see it, how you can how you can work with it. Because you know, I've, I've mentioned this at other retreats, but when, when we think the retreat is coming to an end, you know, of course, Sayadaw has, a, has, a, has a, a good thing. You know, when the retreat is coming to an end, that's when your practice really begins. Uh, you know, the test. The final exam is coming on Wednesday morning. <laughs> it's not today. So, uh, uh, but really, the way we approach the end of a retreat Meaning, it comes into the mind as thoughts, and we get excited, or we get sad, or we get lonely, or we get whatever, like I didn't do enough, we get self-judgment. However, we, the way we approach the end of the retreat will tell you a lot about how you approach the end of a job, or the end of your career, or the end of a relationship, or the end of your life. There's a lot to see in the next 48 hours. So just... You know, don't get tight about it, but just keep paying attention. Don't blow off this, your, your, your routine, whatever you've gotten to. There's a lot to understand about in the, within the next 48 hours. Any other announcements or anything? Same, same routine today. Enjoy. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.